Welcome to Wall Builders, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, constitutional perspective. You've heard me say that a million times if you listen to the program all the time. I hope that you're applying it, that you're actually taking this stuff and using it. We're going to get some really good biblical perspective today, and of course, always the historical and constitutional perspective as well. I, mi- I mentioned this the last couple of days. I'm going to mention it again because time is running out to get signed up. We have the first ever Coach Congress. So this is a Patriot Academy Leadership Congress specifically for adults of all ages, so you don't have to be military. You know, we've got our military veterans, Coach Congress. That one's full. That's going to happen on the Senate floor while the students are over on the House floor. That one's full as well. Those are the 16 to 25-year-olds. But the Coach Congress is not yet full. So you can still attend that if you get signed up quick. It's the first week of August. You don't want to miss it. You get to be a legislator for the week. That means you're on the real House floor in the real committee rooms. We'll have your own floor sessions where you get to debate the major issues of the day. You bring a bill that you care about. And uh, it's just a great experience. Also, all the communications training, the Constitution training. You don't have to know anything coming in. We're there to train and help you. And it's free to sign up as a coach. So you don't have to have been a coach. You can sign up right now as a coach at constitutioncoach.com or patriotacademy.com. Then click on Constitution Coach. And then once you're a coach, you can sign up for the Coach Congress. Now, that's not free because it costs us a lot to do this, but it's very inexpensive. And you can either get a package that includes hotel rooms at the double tree next door or without if you want to handle your own lodging. Anyway, check it out today. PatriotAcademy.com. You got to get signed up quick. This thing's about to close, and we would love to see you at the Capitol first week of August. By the way, I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Glad to be hosting here with David and Tim Barton. Tim's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. David Barton, of course, America's premier historian. All right, David and Tim, we got John, Pastor John Amanchuku. I've been working on how to pronounce that before I get with him later uh, for the interview because he's a large man. Like really large, like ripped, like muscular, and could probably squish me with one finger. So I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. But it's going to be cool. I've I've uh, got to actually hear him speak a couple of times and uh, watched a lot of his uh, online videos. This guy's on fire, man. God's using him in a powerful way at these school boards and all kinds of cool stuff. But we're going to talk about his book, Erased, and um, you know, just talk about how to how to turn the culture around and get some truth in. And he speaks truth. He's somebody that I, I am excited to hear. Part of this interview, I, I have I've seen some of his videos uh, and, and know he was part of the, the Turning Point Conference uh, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, whenever that was. Um, and he's somebody that strikes me so much. What we are seeing in culture is some of the most important voices aren't saying really brilliant things. They're saying, saying very basic things that unfortunately not enough people are saying. And it, 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 I mean, guys, it strikes me a little odd that it's taking so much courage for some pastors and some leaders to say what should be, at least in my mind, fairly obvious. It's just not being said very often, which makes voices like John's so much more important that somebody's actually willing to stand up and say what is fundamentally true and yet what is not being said to the extent it should be. Well, let's get some of that truth. John will be with us when we get back from the break. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to Wobblers. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. The year after the American War for Independence ended, we began addressing the issue of Muslim terrorists in North Africa who were attacking American ships and killing and enslaving American seamen. Congress dispatched John Adams and Thomas Jefferson to negotiate peace, and when they asked the Muslim ambassador the reason for the unprovoked attacks, 
He told them that it was written in their Quran, that it was their right and duty to make war upon them whenever they could be found. 16 years of negotiations failed, and in 1801, America sent its military to crush the terrorists. When that war ended in 1805, the first American edition of the Quran was published, urging Americans to read the Quran to see for themselves that its teachings were incompatible with the safety and peace of non-Muslims. To see the first American Quran and to get more information about America's first war on Islamic terror, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wallbuilders. Thanks for staying with us. So good to have Pastor John. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it, John. I'm going to see if I can get it right the first time. I'm in Chuku. Not even close. That's right. No. You hit the nail on the I head. Got, oh, <laughs> first time out of this. Now, listen, John and I got to tag team with Kirk Cameron at some Kirk Cameron events last summer. I got to hear him speak at uh, the Turning Point uh, Pastors Conference a week or two ago. And most of you out there listening, you've seen him uh, viral videos all over the place, just letting them have it at these school boards, just teaching truth. But you need to get his new book, Erased. That's what we're going to be talking about today. John, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, there's so many things we could talk about. And by the way, just a killer interview uh, with our mutual friend, John Cooper, on Cooper Stuff. It was so good. I encourage people to go watch that as well because you had more time with him. It's about an hour, and people can really dive in. We only got about 10 minutes. So, folks, go watch that on Cooper Stuff, and uh, and you'll get the two Johns uh, just sharpening some countenance, man. It's some iron sharpening iron there. Um, uh, John, first of all, the book Erased. This is not, you know, just for blacks or whites. I mean, this is, everybody needs to read this. The critical race theory is tearing us apart in this country, and you just rip into it and and talk about why it's it's bad for everyone. Uh, but let me just ask you right right out front: Why is CRT so bad for the black community? Because I think they see it as helping them and 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 being a plus for them. Why is it bad for them as well? Well, first and foremost, critical race theory is not a theological principle, nor is it a theological viewpoint by which the church should govern themselves, be it white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Pacific Islander, or Native American, or anyone. And so since it's not a theological viewpoint, it's not something that's supported in Scripture, then we all should seek to dispel it. Critical race theory is what I call the Jim Crow era in reverse. Blacks are now trying to do to whites what was once done to them during the civil rights uh, era. And when you do your research, you find out that a survey of 173 colleges and universities found that 42% offered segregated residences, 46% offer segregated orientation programs, and 72% host segregated graduation ceremony. So an entire generation is being taught through word and example that the most important thing about another person is their race and who they desire to sleep with. Critical race theory is damaging America and blacks in particular because it uses us as a tool that makes us victims. And so blacks now view themselves as a victim in America, but we're not victims. You know, according to Scripture, we are all, those who name the name of Christ, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, and a peculiar people. Amen. We are not victims. America is still the greatest country on the face of the planet, and people are not fighting to leave America. People are fighting to get into America. Amen. 
Hey man, that's that's spot on, man. And and and, and by the way, just in case I uh, forget to come back to this, the book also covers abortion. So it's a race uncovering the lies of critical race theory and abortion. It's not just about uh, uh, about CRT, but man, you just hit something that's so important. I mean, even just from a a theological perspective, I mean, it, racism in in any form is is evil and wrong and anti biblical. And when you start seeing things through the prism of race and and judging people based on color of skin instead of content of character, as MLK wanted us to do. Uh, it's it's bad for everybody, no matter what color of skin you're you know you're 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 uh, uh, favoring, um, and 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 I thought I mean you tell me from your perspective, did you think we made great progress in the last thirty or forty years since the civil rights or fifty years I guess since the sixties? It seemed like to me we were headed the right direction and just took a one eighty in the last three years and and lost a lot of that progress. Am I seeing that wrong? I think that you are viewing that the right way. We've made many strides in America over the past 30, 40 years. But I believe that we took this down downward spiral when uh, Barack Obama became our president. Mm. From there, his tone and rhetoric and speech, you know, there's a thing called tone from the top. And his um, words ushered in this great divide and this division within America even through him, I believe that cultural Marxism further gained a foothold in America. And then after the death of George Floyd, you know, that was the time point where the DEI business ballooned to nearly $3.4 billion. And so race baiting and race hustling pays. And so there are people who want to keep blacks marginalized and disenfranchised, and they use the past as a means of doing it. And I think that Black America needs to focus on Black America. We need to get back to the principles that gave us the strong communities and the families that we had even during the Jim Crow era and prior to that. You know, in the 50s and the 60s, the Black marriage rate rivaled that of whites. Um, 80% of black homes were led by two parents, a mother and a father. And today, uh, 80% of black homes are led by a mom. And so we have a matriarchal structure, which isn't positive. Um, we need to get back to faith, family, and education void of special interest, because that's the time period in America where uh, blacks thrive the most. Mm, that's good stuff, man. Erasedbook.com, by the way. Uh, is that the best place for folks to go get the book? That's right. I, I mean, you get it anywhere, I guess, but but at the website, you get a lot more because it's not just a book. I mean, John's out there g- giving solutions. And I, and I love, as I, as I was looking, of course, I've heard you talk about some of this stuff, too, but I mean, you, you talk about the things that will really turn this around and, and the mobilization in the community, school choice, promoting capitalism. I mean, really getting back to the inputs, the, the, the formula that produces good outputs for, for anybody of, of any race, any community, and just basically saying, hey, the American value system is what we need to be teaching in all of these communities. So I appreciate that, that you're, it's more than just exposing the problems. You're actually bringing in solutions as well. Erasedbook.com is where 
folks can learn about that and bring you in to speak, by the way. I really recommend that. The only problem with John is he needs to get on a workout program. He needs to follow my – I'm kidding. This guy is ripped like a chiseled <laughs> machine, and I'm embarrassed to stand by him, which I'm going to have to do at Patriot Academy this summer. Um, I, it, it's, it's embarrassing, man, I, for me, for me. But anyway, no, um, What? back to the book. I'm sorry. I got off – I was looking at your website, and I got off on too many uh, too many tangents there. Um, what? What? Okay, so, so you know, the whole critical race theory, you, you just demolish that. That in the book, I do want to talk about abortion a little bit because you've zeroed on in on that as well. Uh, and then let's definitely, before we go, talk about the videos that are going viral like crazy. Actually, let's go to that first. What got you going actually to these school boards? Because you've been speaking at school board meetings all over the country. Yes, I have. I've been to at least eight school board meetings. Uh, the last one that I went to was actually last night. I went to uh, New Jersey and spoke for the Roxbury School District there. Um, really addressing the pornographic books that are being placed at the fingertips of children. I also went to Asheville, North Carolina, which is uh, known as the wokest and the bluest city in North Carolina. That school board is led by uh, solely Democrats. And I talked about the book, It's Perfectly Normal, which is a book that rivals uh, Playboy and Swank and Hustler magazine. This book has nothing on... um, uh, on on Hugh Hefner, you know, he this book would give Hugh Hefner a run for his money. The book is not uh, soft porn; it's hardcore porn, and it's made available to children ages ten and up. That message has garnered over seventeen point five million views on my Twitter page alone, and probably close to fifty million views in total when you consider all social media platforms. I'm addressing these pornographic books because I don't view them in the category as grooming, even though that's a appropriate way to depict it. I call it mental rape, Rick. It's mental rape because it assaults the soul. It's forcible. Children go to school trusting the adults and the teachers and expecting that they're going to do what's best for them. You know, parents always teach their children to respect authority, respect your adults. Respect teachers, respect your coaches. But when you go to these public schools, you have transgenders who are now going into our public school system reading to kids, and you have um, woke librarians who have special interests. They want to indoctrinate children into a false triune idol called diversity, inclusion, and equity. Mm. And this is intentional. It's a method that they use to push cultural Marxism because in cultural Marxism, there must be this divide, you know, whether it's the critical race theory books that pits whites against blacks or it's the pornographic books that pits the LGBTQIA plus community against those who are straight. We saw it during the pandemic. It was the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed. You know, it's oftentimes the rich versus the poor. All of these dynamics are cultural Marxism because it pushes division. And so I'm going to school board after school board, and I have numerous, numerous parents and teachers and school board leaders who want me to come to their school boards around the country to speak. And so I'm fundraising for that, Rick. People can go to eracedbook.com and support my efforts to travel the country and to speak about these woke ideologies that are dominating our schools. 
erasedbook.com. And, and, and folks, I'm going to ask you to do that today because, as you can hear, John is just barely getting wound up. I mean, barely. And, and, and when he gets going, it moves people. This is what we need. We need truth out there. Everybody's always complaining about they can't find truth and nobody will stand up and, and speak that truth. Here you got a guy that not only is speaking it, he's moving people powerfully. I, I think, John, God has just poured his spirit out on you. And when I watch you speak and I watch these videos, it's what we need in the country. And by the way, the videos are on the website as well. You can see some of these uh, most recent ones where he's spoken at these groups. But I, I mean, I say this all the time. It takes fuel in the tank. And we conservatives, we, you know, Bible-minded folks, we don't do what the left does. They put their money where their values are, and we don't do it enough. Lives, fortunes, and sacred honor, folks. Erasedbook.com is a great place for you to invest just a little bit, just a little bit of your fortune. Just go give, make a donation that's just a small percentage of what you brought in this month and help John get out there. You may not have the voice or the platform or whatever to go do that yourself, you can get behind John and help him do this. I'm excited about how God's blessing you in this, John. I, I think I think your platform is just going to explode. Well, it already is. I think it's just going to go even way beyond what's happening to you in the last few months. And we want to come alongside you and, and support you in that way with the books, with getting you out there to speak more, giving you the ability to 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 make that you know to to to, to do that kind of a, of a schedule. It gets difficult. So, God bless you, man. How can we? How can we pray for you as well? Um, you're at a you're at a place right now where you've got more to do than more than you can say grace over and more requests and all that than than you can possibly handle. How can we pray for you to manage that well? What are your needs right now in terms of family and time and all that that we can specifically go to the throne of grace for? Yeah, pray that I remain humble. You know, many people start off with the right message. Yeah. But oftentimes they drift because of prestige, fame, money, all of these things. And just pray that I remain faithful to my original message. But also pray for my family. You know, I have a beautiful wife who's very supportive, and 50% of the time she's able able to travel with me, and I have three wonderful children that God has blessed us with. Just pray for them and pray for my wife, and um, we will definitely continue to do the work that God has called us to, to do. Amen. Amen. So good. So good. Erasedbook.com. E-R-A-C-E-D-B-O-O-K.com. We'll have a link today at Wobblers. Uh, make it easy for you to get there. Link at uh, American Family Radio. Uh, make it easy for you to get there. Um, just a fantastic ministry to support. John, can't wait to see you in August at the Texas Capitol at Patriot Academy and out there on the road all over the country and uh, just praying for God to continue to bless you. We need you so much right now. Your voice is, is uh, just exactly what's needed in this country to bring us together because you nailed it, man. The cultural Marxists, they love this division any way they can get it. So you've put your finger on exactly where the, uh, where the real problem is. God bless you, man. Thanks for coming on and spending some time with us today. Thank you so much, Rick. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. friends, this is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even Hebrews of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outlined the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. 
collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. We're back on Wallbuilders. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks to John Amachuko for joining us as well, and for all of you listeners out there that have already booked your kids to come into Patriot Academy this summer at the National Academy, or maybe you're coming on the Coach Congress, which you should be doing. If you're not, it's a great chance for adults of all ages to get to be on the floor and debate bills and be a legislator. First time we've done that for non-military and non-young people. But John's going to come in, guys. Uh, I learned this from you, David, years ago, that collection you've got of sermons from uh, from pastors on the House floor, talking to House, Senate, Supreme Court, governors, before they go make laws actually hearing from a pastor. So we, we still have that tradition at Patriot Academy, thanks to you instilling that in us 20 years ago. And uh, we're going to get uh, Pastor Amachuku to do that this year. That ought to be pretty cool. Well, Rick, I got to say, uh, as you were finishing up the interview, and, and obviously we were listening, we weren't not participating, I kept thinking, what about the abortion section of the book? You, you, you left that part out. I was so curious. So now, ultimately, I just need to read the book to find out. Uh, is is going to be the resolution for that wonderment, which I need in the book anyway, especially after hearing this interview. I do want to acknowledge for everybody else listening that's wondering, uh, yes, at this point, let's just, well, I'll go get the book. And I mean, Rick, you had me convinced. I, I, you know, pulling up, I'm donating right now. We need to support people that are willing to go around the nation to some of these school boards. And it, I mean, it's kind of weird to say read pornographic books. That's not really what he's doing. But if he's going to address what should be the obvious evil that so often these teachers are hiding. And we see periodically, some of these news outlets will cover stories about a parent showing up or someone like a pastor, John, showing up and reading some of what's happening and these school board members are blown away or they say, hey, that's offensive, you can't do that. And for so many people, they are discovering some of this for the first time. So, so grateful for what he's doing. Dad, I know you were taking a lot of notes. Uh, There's several thoughts I have as well, but I will yield to you uh, for where you wanna go. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of where, where John is in talking about even the, the textbook, the porn books that, that he was reading. So I think what John said about mental rape was a really good way to describe it. And in talking about what's in those libraries, you just got to remind people that the national library groups that are out there are maybe further left than professors and everybody else. What those library groups are doing, what they advocate, what they are uh, urging other librarians to put in, in into their libraries. It's really wicked stuff. It's really bad stuff. Um, I th- think we mentioned earlier that Ken Ivory, legislator from Utah, asked the question of a librarian. said, well, you're putting all this new stuff in. What are you taking out? And when he saw the list, it was traditional heroes. It was the George Washingtons, the Ben Franklins. It was World War II. It was that stuff going out. So that is another way that they're having a huge influence and I thought that, that the point he made, too, about how it, that we're returning to segregation in an attempt to condemn segregation. And I've looked at that at, at what colleges are doing now, having segregated graduations. And that's how they fight racism is by going back to segregation. How can you possibly condemn segregation in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s if you're advocating and practicing it as a solution for what you condemn? I mean, it's not even logical. And so, so much of what John was saying is just common sense and Tim, you and Rick were saying before the break that, you know, this kind of stuff pastors, churches should be talking about. 
And I'll just, you made me remember going back to revivals. It really wasn't the church that took the lead in revivals and changing the nation. It was outsiders like George Whitfield. Now, he was a Christian guy, but he didn't pastor. He wasn't pastor of a church. And the, the churches often stood in his way. They were the ones who fought him the hardest. So I, I really like the, the, the concept of people like John getting involved and parents getting back involved. That's where your real change is going to come from. It's not going to be from the church leaders because just, and I'm really sad for that, but historically they have failed to show up in the first great awakening, the second great awakening, the third great awakening. It, was, it had to come from outside the church for the church to get healthy. Well, I was thinking about that. I mean, as you're saying this, Dad, we, we were uh, talking to a buddy uh, over this last weekend. We, uh, our, <laughs> we were working on a project and came back and we had 33 new text messages on this text thread. Um, from a couple of our, our uh, military nonprofit ministry uh, leader friends. There's a group of us on this text thread, and they were just going off about some of the inactivity of the pastors, uh, some with uh, what's going on with, with the Dodgers, uh, the position they took, and they just started identifying some of these issues that pastors have refused to address. And it, it genuinely, it was kind of humorous how frustrated they were getting, although we share the same sentiments. They were just uh, using some military vernacular at times to express their frustration. But this is the reality of the situation we live in. You're right. It is, we, we've seen such a lack of involvement from so many pastors because whether pastors have embraced some level of wokeism, whether they've gone the direction of saying that we just need to share the love of Jesus and, and we're just trying to get souls saved, uh, and they've just kind of forgotten this notion of discipleship, that they didn't want to speak the truth in love, and they didn't want to have that level of boldness. I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. And, and, and certainly there's different pastors and there's some pastors who are doing an incredible job. It's just not the majority of pastors that we are seeing and hearing from. They're not standing up and speaking the truth. And so finding someone like John who is willing to get on the front lines and do this, these are the people that we need to champion and get behind. And dad, as you mentioned, that this is something, if you studied the first and second great awakening, th those awakenings happened in spite of the church, not because of the church. It happened because of individuals and Christians who were leading and often they were leading the culture in a direction the church wasn't taking it. Now, oftentimes the church several decades later got on board with the movement. And then but, took credit for it after they did. And, and, and many of those pastors then took credit for what they joined late in the movement. But to that point, it, it's something that we can't look for the we, we can't look for an institution to be the solution. We can't look for the church as an institution to be the solution to these problems. We as Christians, as individuals, as parents have to step up and we have to get involved. And kudos to John for doing this. All right, folks, out of time for today. Thankful for John Amachuku for joining us today. Thank you for listening. And again, want to encourage you to visit PatriotAcademy.com today and get signed up for that Leadership Congress. Come spend some time with David and Tim and myself and all the other speakers that are coming in, going to come in for that week and also get to watch the students, get to see that remnant that's being raised up. Oh, it's so encouraging. I'm telling you, you ask me all the time how I can be so optimistic. It's going to these Leadership Congresses and watching the young people. But this time you get to participate, no matter what your age, on the Coach Congress. It means you get to be on the House Floor and Committee, all that good stuff. So check it out today at PatriotAcademy.com. Thanks for listening. to. Oh, by the way, John Amachuku, as I said earlier in the program, will be there. So what an incredible opportunity to get to meet him as well and get to hear that charge that's going to happen that very first floor session. All right, check it out at PatriotAcademy.com. Thanks so much for listening to Wallbrook. We stand on divine forever.